Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website. You guys all know this. You go to a website and it's uh, it's all it's it's unclear, it's hard to use. What do you do? You get mad, you go away. Not you, not your website. Squarespace is going to make it easy because they they make it so easy to showcase your work, your blog, for you to publish content, to sell products, services of all kinds, it, it all just in a few clicks. You can customize everything from the look and the feel to the settings to the products. Beautiful templates. It's very easy. It's very simple. Dare I say it? It's fun. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code CG, like me, Chris Gethard, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com, offer code CG. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com slash beautiful. And to show your support for this podcast, use the code beautiful to get $30 of your first month. That's beautiful at Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Hello to everybody else out there who, like me, fears the ocean. It's beautiful, anonymous. It's one hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous a show where I talk to people on the phone privately, but we all know it's going to get aired publicly, and a ton of you are going to listen to it and have opinions on it. It's my favorite thing. I'm lucky I stumbled into this. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you also for everybody who's been supporting Chris Gethard's show on True TV. You've heard me uh, really stress about it. Uh, if you haven't heard, we got 10 more episodes coming in the spring, so that's a weight off the back. And guess what? That means you guys are here on Beautiful Honest. You're not going to have to hear me stress about it until, like, uh, maybe April probably give you till April before I'm really freaking out about the Gethard Show again. But sincerely, thank you to everybody who has been supporting us over on uh, over on True TV. Thank you to everybody who enjoyed last week's episode. Uh, we called it Plant Splooge, real classy move. I'm hearing there was some internal debate at Earwolf whether or not that title should be changed. Uh, but we uh, we won out. The forces of, uh, of, of juvenile behavior won out. Happy to say we got it. It seems like you guys on the Facebook group really liked it. Beautiful Anonymous, the community, over 21,000 members. If you're uh, listening, it's a very, very kind-hearted group of people who sit and talk about the podcast. It's fun times. Somebody named Cassidy said, best call ever, kept talking to my phone, trying to get in on it. So happy to listen. Thank you, Cassidy. I love the image of you talking to your phone, forgetting that you uh that you can't that's not that's not how it works. Also, someone Lucinth, which is a beautiful name, said, "I loved Plant Splooge, and I'm glad we titled the episode something that led to comments like that." Very much. A lot of people stressed out about the climate change stuff, though, and I get it, and I agree. 
And uh, what can you? All right, this week, this week, this uh, this was a fascinating call. It's a fascinating call. This is a guy recovering from an injury caused by something so random that uh, my wife didn't. I get home, I tell my wife, this this guy got hurt, and he's dealing with it. Here's how he got hurt. She said that can't be really. That can happen. So there's a public service aspect to this totally random chance. Sometimes life hands you bad situations. And what do you do? You just wait until you're on the other side of it. Caller today is in the middle of that and was uh, willing to fill me in on what that process was like and uh, gets into some stuff dealing with different types of injuries and then college athletics and all sorts of stuff. But mostly I, I just felt good that this guy who uh, is laid up I got to just, I talked for an hour. That made me feel good. Anyway, interesting call, interesting caller, interesting story. I hope you enjoy it. See ya. I'll see ya. Yeah, enjoy it. I always end these weird. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh, what's up? What's up? It's very quiet. It's very quiet. There we go. All right. I had to Let's shout. Up. We're up. Okay, yeah, I think Jared might have pushed a few buttons, made it a little louder. Oh, no, he says he didn't. There you are. Okay. What's happening? What's happening? Let's see. Uh, I'm awful tired. Wait, wait, can I, wait, can I guess? Yeah. You're tired? Nailed it. You're worried about the numbers from the show? TV show, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's, I'm sorry to hear it. I, I, it's, a, it's a great show, though. Thanks. I've, that, I've loved it for years. That's super nice. Thank you. Thank you for bringing up my constant fear of the TV show's numbers and laughing out <laughs> oh, loud. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Laughing. Laughing uh, I out just loud. like, that's a nervous laugh. That's okay. I get it. <laughs> yeah. It's not me laughing at you. 70 people's jobs on the line, man. All for this thing with my name on it that's real dumb. I'm just saying, I, I, you got somebody in your camp here rooting for it. That's nice. We got. I, <laughs> tell your friends. Tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> I ha- I do. I do to the point that they get annoyed. But Good. That's my... A lot of the TV show's fans are notoriously annoying people. I'm glad. That's our bread and butter right there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm doing, I'm getting there. I'm doing all right. That's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Getting there. What's that mean? Well, uh, I have spent the better part of, uh, I think five months now in bed. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Why? What's going on? It's been fun. I, uh, I had a head injury. Uh, I remember specifically June nineteenth. <laughs> June nineteenth, twenty seventeen. Head injury. What happened? Well, I just uh, I just learned the other day that a um, <clears throat> well, I was at the Rockaways, and what I just learned the other day is that waves. Uh, I this could be totally wrong. <laughs> Somebody just told me this: that waves pack uh, sixteen pounds of pressure per uh, square foot or cubic foot or something. So it was like a pretty intense day at the Rockaways. And uh, there's a wave coming at me that was like maybe a couple feet taller than me. And it just broke on me. 
and uh, like it just kind of threw me, and uh, I kind of blacked out for a few seconds. Next thing I know, I'm like facing away from the water, and then everything's fading back in. And I'm kind of dizzy. I'm like, that was weird, <laughs> and uh, just kept going about my day. You know, it was uh, it was my brother-in-law's first Father's Day. I was with all my best friends. It was super great. And I was visiting from out of town. I'm not from the area. And then uh, just, like, went back to my life for a couple of weeks. It's like things just got crazy from there. <laughs> uh, so uh, apparently, yeah, I had a head injury. I had a concussion and didn't know it for weeks. And that put you down for five and, months. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so, like, this is, like, my new my new thing that I'm, I'm glad I got through because people need to know. Apparently, these are, these are like, no joke. Because my understanding of a concussion before this was, like, it was, like, something, you know, football players get it, and they, like, laid around for a couple of days, and then you're cool, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's, that's fairly not the case. I started, like... Basically, I flew home and I was going to work, and uh, I just thought, like, oh, I'm having more headaches than usual. This is a little weird. And then um, the next thing that starts happening is uh, I'm the kind of guy that's like, anxiety wise, it's like traveling. I get a little nervous. Um, you know, being in like a party situation is a little like, eh, I can get uncomfortable. I don't really like being here. But all of a sudden, I'd be at work doing just regular stuff I do all day, every day, and I just would freak out. And but I'd like really tough it out and like not let anybody know. And then I just have to go home and just be like, "What was that? Like I'm just gonna die, and I don't know why." And that was new. Wow. So it was leading to all sorts of panic attacks. Uh huh. Which, again, I didn't know. This is, like, normal concussion stuff. <laughs> wow. And, yeah, and I'm seeing my doctor. I uh, saw him a couple times, and my mistake was, again, I thought, I didn't think about, oh, I got hit by a wave. I passed out for, like, a couple seconds. I just kept telling him, like, yeah, I'm having all these weird pains, headaches, anxiety. And after a couple visits, we were, like, uh you know, maybe one or two visits away from him, be like, "Dude, I don't know. It's off the psych. Like, um, and then uh, I had a, a gig that I played like a, the day before the final visit when I remembered where uh, that that was where it, like all kind of came to head. And that day, I had like a memory of a former boss of mine telling me. Yeah, my son had like a head injury and he just wasn't himself for like a couple months. And I was like, oh, I got hit by this wave. Haven't felt like myself. Like I'm really disconnected from reality. But I made this mistake. It was like a little outdoor gig and I've played, you know, all over the country doing hundreds of people, thousands of people. I don't care. I'm really comfortable with that. And this little backdoor barbecue thing, I freaked out. I drove there. I couldn't get out of the car for 20 minutes and played. And I just thought I was going to die for like an hour. I had to lay on a couch and couldn't move. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, something's wrong. 
I'm going to ask the doctor the Hail Mary about this getting hit by a wave thing. Next day I walk in, I tell him, hey, man, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but I got hit by a wave. And he just is like, you're going to be fine. You have a concussion. Wow. And, and then, uh, yeah. <laughs> and w- when you had that conversation with the doctor, how uh, so you, you, June 19th was when you got hit by the wave. How many? How long after uh-huh. it did you re- put it two and two together and the doctor was able to say, all right, here's what we're dealing with? Uh, this was mid-July. Mid-July. So this is and, like uh, a month. Uh-huh. And you've been so, in bed yeah, for was, five was, months. Yeah, it was almost uh, exactly a month. And uh, he he told me, uh, yeah, so at this point, uh, you pretty much just, I think you just lay down for like a week or two. You don't watch TV. You don't be on the computer. You don't listen to music. You don't do anything. You just lay there. You shut your eyes. You do nothing. Week or two, you're going to be fine. And then nothing's changing, and that just kind of increases your anxiety and just kind of spirals out from there. <laughs> so you just kind of have to hang out and so be bored is, until you feel better. Yeah, and that's what I've I've been doing for a while. Um but it, you know, I got used to it. I, I got into audio books. I think I've I've listened to more books in the past five months than I maybe have chosen to read in my entire life. Yeah. What do you so, What do you do that. for work? Is when you said you were playing gigs, are you a musician? Uh, yeah. Uh, that was kind of a, a side hustle thing and like a for fun thing. Um, and then. My day job is a uh, audio engineer for a public radio station, which is uh, something that I was still new at. So, <laughs> so uh, that was a little scary. They've been really, really incredible. So everybody go support your public radio stations because they're yeah. great. They support I mean, their employees apparently. <laughs> they have to be understanding that if one of their if one of their engineers has a concussion, he can't come into work, put on the headphones, and deal with the pulse pounding public radio output uh yeah i mean <laughs> well at the time i was producing a uh a local jazz cd yeah you can't and be, so i'm, I'm you can't I'm be messing around with jazz when you have a concussion <laughs> the clanging arrhythmic horns of jazz do not fit with a concussion yeah that was uh producing these bands that are coming in and i'm yeah, already with migraines, like trying my best to like get the best sound out of these guys. And thankfully <laughs> we got good takes out of everything. We got tracks. And, uh, once we figured out what was wrong with me, everything was usable. We passed it to another guy to finish the mixing and mastering. And, uh, it's, uh, it's coming out, I think next, the next month. So <laughs> that, That's that project good. still got, still getting got handled. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a concussion, you can only hear the phrase tote bag so many times before you're going to just lose it. Yeah. You got to get out of that so, public radio sphere for a while. Yeah, as, as nice and calm and quiet as you think public radio is, just uh, staring at a screen all day and wearing yeah. headphones. It's a little rough. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. It's crazy. I did. I got to say, like, I, uh, I'm like you, like, I feel like I've probably had a concussion or two in my life as a kid. You know, like every dumb kid like falls down and slams his head or something like that. I know from the Gethard show, I think I had one last year because I got we we uh, 
did an episode with Gerard Carmichael where we had a tennis uh, tennis ball machine, one of those serving oh, machines yeah. firing at me, and I had a bike helmet on, but it hit me right in the temple, and I felt really out of it for two or three days. Mm-hmm. But that's nothing compared to what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Like, hopefully, hopefully you laid around for, during those couple of days. I did. I kind of just went and, to uh, bed, and then three days later, I was like, that, oh, I think I can work. That, I learned, is the mistake, is... uh. I basically, if they, if somebody made a list of everything you're not supposed to do, if you have a concussion, uh, I'm pretty sure I, I did everything on that list, short of like drugs, you know. What's the list? <laughs> sort of like you know, like doing hard drugs. Yeah. What's the list? Oh, let's see. Well, I, I mean, I still went to work full time. I uh, still went out to like live shows. I still played shows. I uh, you know, like loud music. I still practiced like drums you know loudly in the house <laughs> i still uh there's like actually my it's funny if i go through my instagram feed between the injury and knowing what it was it's like what am i doing i'm yeah playing music uh doing like flips off of a diving board <laughs> uh, uh other kinds of like going out for runs being in the heat uh drinking and like just everything that you're not supposed to do definitely did it. Uh, and they, they basically said, uh, multiple physical therapists and doctors said, what you did is you, you took your brain and you did the equivalent of if a athlete plays on like a broken ankle or broken leg to your brain. (laughs) Wow. It's like you did that for about a month. So it's going to be a while. Yeah. So you basically, a, a wave, you're swimming, you're swimming at the Rockaways, the hipster haven that is the Rockaways mm-hmm. of Queens, New York. Yes. <laughs> a wave pounds your brain into the side of your skull, bounces your brain off the side of your skull. You spend a, yep. you spend a month doing backflips off diving boards and pounding on drums, just <laughs> cranking this thing. Just it's, it, it's at a seven and you just turn it up to an 11 slowly over a month's time. Yep. And now you got to spend half a year in bed. (laughs) Actually, that was a really good way to put it is the, the, yeah, when you're you're cranking up the knob, it's what it's, it kind of takes underlying things you've got going on and it just cranks it up. Headaches and anxiety and depression. It goes, oh, you're somebody who lives with these things at about two all your nerves are tightened up and trying to deal with this injury, it cranks them up to 11 or 12. And then, yeah, you're, you're beating them down more and that's what it does. And, uh, yeah, my, my mom was not a great help during that time. Cause uh, she was really doing her best, <laughs> she, but she was like, I think it's just this general kind of just anxiety kind of presented. you've had kind of a tough year. Like, I think you do just need to keep doing your stuff, you know, keep playing your music, get out and exercise. (laughs) I'm a (laughs) no-no. Go do some backflips. Go do some backflips off a diving board. Make yourself feel better. She's she's been trying to make up for it. You know, I'm I'm 31 years old, so it's kind of embarrassing, but she's been making two-hour drives to come help with my laundry and my food. (laughs) That's awful. That's awful. Yeah. So you live by yourself. Uh, I live with a couple of roommates, yeah, who also try to help out a bit. That's good. So it's not like you're just lying in bed like a prisoner in your own healing brain. You have people who can check in on you from time to time. 
Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, like it's it's very like you find out a lot about you know how much people care when you become uh you know temporarily disabled, which is very very nice. I uh you know my sister organized having people come deliver meals and like people that are just were casual acquaintances are sending gift cards for food and cuz I was just like I couldn't even cook food for a couple months. Wow. So pretty incredible. See like it's I, I don't know I just really managed to turn it into sort of a a learning experience and yeah. uh took it as a a positive even though it's I would rather have been not draining my savings on medical bills and being on leave without pay but you know <laughs> yeah yeah I can imagine and you now you're 5 months in do you feel have you are you feeling improvement at all do you feel like you're like on the are you over the hump or are you still just in the thick of it? Oh man, like literally uh four or five days ago it uh like switched off. Or well like kinda switched, you know, it just went from I've got a I gotta crash, you know, every couple hours to I can be out of bed most of the day. Oh, um nice. I can yeah, I can walk 15 to 20 minutes without giving myself a migraine or be on my trainer bike, you know, doing the same. And yeah, I'm currently laying in my sort of what I call like my, uh, what, what is it like a splint, uh, pillow? <laughs> what, are they, what do you put your arm in? If you, you've got like a broken arm, a sling, Splint is it? sling. Yeah. It's like kind of like that for your neck. You got- um, just cause it kind of relieves, so. Still got to, yeah, rest for a good chunk of the day. And now we're just kind of just healing up because it's like a lot of neck damage, too. Man, the ocean. But, yeah. Ocean really had its, the ocean really had its way with you. Never going to go in the... I already yeah. don't like the ocean. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I've had a... Yeah, run-ins with it. Getting stung by jellyfish as a kid. I just... I like the ocean. It doesn't like me, apparently. Got stung by jellyfish? Yeah. Someone pee on you? Had a jellyfish? Uh, <laughs> no, I think we were close enough that we were able to just bring ammonia from the beach house. Well, that's because I think that's why you pee on people. It's the ammonia content. Right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. But I still like that. I had it like wrapped all the way around my leg, and that injury, that stuck around for like three months. I think I'm just prone to long-term ocean injuries. Yeah, you got to avoid the sea, man. Stick to land. You're a <laughs> land dweller. This is becoming clear. Yeah, I, I grew up in the water. I grew up swimming my whole life. It's just, it's the open seas, the open water. Is yeah. where it starts to disagree with me. <laughs> now, I do just want to check in. You know, we're about 20 minutes in on this. I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's hearing your story fascinating. Seem like a very nice guy, but I do want to make sure that talking on the phone for an hour isn't gonna like uh, give you like a migraine or make you vomit or anything. Oh no, I'm do- I'm doing all right. I was actually thinking like uh, I forget if I've already said this or not, but like this period where I've I've been down and out. It's like this is the only time I'm ever gonna make it through on this show because <laughs> the rest of my life I'm like I'm at work. I ain't got time to yeah to get on the phone for an hour. It's meant to be, and, but uh, do me a favor and, and just then, promise uh, me, if, if it hits a point where you're like, you know what, we just need to take two or three minutes so I can catch my breath, just let me know. And if people need to listen <laughs> oh, to no, two no, minutes no, of gonna, silence, that's fine. 
No, I'm going to get up and get some water and snacks if I need to. I'm 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 doing much better. Uh, again, if this was a couple of weeks ago, it would have been really dumb for me to talk for an hour. Yeah. But uh, it definitely is, yeah, the socialization is a huge help. Like when people are bringing me meals and stuff, even just somebody, it would wear me out a bit, but somebody just talking to me for 20 minutes was like life-changing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the socialization is important. Socialization is important. Learning about the outside world, reacclimating yourself to things that are a part of the outside world, which is not just people, it can also be products, services from the outside world. You guys see see what I'm getting at here? We got ads, we got ads. Let's do some ads. Uh, all of our, our sponsors, I thank them. They help me bring you the show for free. And uh, there's promo codes in there. If you if you like the sound of what you're hearing about, use the promo code. Helps out Beautiful Anonymous when you do. We'll be back. More phone call in just a moment. Hours a day spent in bed. Eight hours a day spent on sheets. This call in particular. This caller is in bed uh, five months straight. Better have some good sheets. You better have your Brooklinens. You're going to stay in bed for half a year straight. You better get to brooklinen.com. You and your loved ones deserve good sheets without all those needless luxury retail prices. Okay? They make it easy. You want to upgrade your nightly routine? Give yourself a little bit of luxury in this life where you work so hard. Brooklinen makes quality luxury sheets and bedding accessible to everybody. Also a great gift idea. Let's keep that in mind coming up. All right? They cut out all the unnecessary markups, the retail licensing fees, manufacturing waste. In order to offer you high-end designs and exceptional savings across their collection, it's the fastest-growing bedding brand in the world, Brooklinen, okay? Because people love these products. I love them. Their sheets have over 12,000 five-star reviews. Brooklinen sheets were named the winner of the best of online bedding category by Good Housekeeping. It's luxury bedding, but it's underpriced. You got to try it today. I love mine. Love my Brooklinen sheets. You're going to try these sheets, and I know you will love them too. Brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer just for my listeners. You get $20 off and free shipping. And use the promo code BEAUTIFUL at brooklinen.com. In fact, Brooklinen is so confident that you'll love your new sheets. They offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and comforters. There's no reason not to give these sheets a try for yourself or as a gift this holiday season. Give the gift of luxury sheets. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping, use the promo code BEAUTIFUL at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code is BEAUTIFUL. Brooklinen telling you these are the best sheets ever support for today's show comes from squarespace ready to start your new business make it stand out with squarespace it's beautiful templates created by world-class designers squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website you can showcase your work your blog you can publish content even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks customize everything from look and feel to settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers not to mention everything's optimized for mobile right out of the box that's one of the most important things don't sleep on that one you can use squarespace's analytics to help you grow in real time and nothing to install or patch or upgrade ever although of course if you have a question squarespace actually has an award-winning 24 7 customer support it's there to help okay the future's coming make it brighter With Squarespace, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code CG to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com, offer code CG. Thanks again to all of our advertisers helping us get this show out into the world. Now, let's hear more from our concussed friend. 
socialization is important. Well, speaking of, yeah, I need to need to get up, get some water. <clears throat> you don't have to be braggy oh. about it. You could talk <laughs> on the phone and get a glass of water at the same time. What do you do? <laughs> Big show off. Yeah, got those fancy Apple earbuds. Ooh. Now this makes uh, cause I think you know uh, concussions have been a thing we've all been hearing about lately with football with CTE right, football yeah pro wrestlers and stuff, and I gotta say I was like you, in that you think of it you're like oh right you get your concussion and you have headaches and stuff and that sucks for a, but it does sound like if someone got a concussion to the level that you're at, the idea that they would have to play. That they'd have to run head first. There are people dealing with this, and they will get back up and run into a three hundred pound man voluntarily over and over again a week later. It must put it in perspective oh, for yeah. you. You must now read those stories and be like, "Oh, this is madness." Oh yeah, I like <laughs> kind of like I got back to watching just a little bit of football uh, recently, and I, I saw a quarterback get hit and just the his head like this instant little bit of like stress for me to just even see it happen. <laughs> I was like, Oh no, <laughs> don't do that. And yeah, the rate that they come back is just like, no wonder these guys are losing their minds. Yeah. You know, age, whatever, 40, 50, that it's, it's really a bummer. And the thing that I'm really, I, I feel like some of my PTs and doctors have been telling me is, Again, it's we we all have this idea of it's um, this thing that only happens in contact sports and stuff. Is they tell me, oh yeah, we have all these adult patients and people that you you hit your head and you go back and you you keep working and you don't realize how bad it is and um, you know how many people are just like wrecking themselves and causing more damage to themselves because they either don't realize they have it or they don't have the luxury of having a you know like a decent employer that can give them the the health you know the health care time they need or whatever um just yeah that really bums me out to think about yeah yeah because i'm a i've mentioned it on the show many times i'm a wrestling fan and those guys too they finally started Mm -hmm. wwe has finally started saying like oh no we got a concussion protocol now and uh, certain people can't wrestle if you've had too many concussions. And a lot of these guys are like, this is my livelihood. I have to fight it. But then it's like, no, you read all these stories about, you know, football players and wrestlers who wind up with severe mental problems and like these very uh, gruesome suicides and and early onsets of conditions that happen in their 40s that usually don't happen to people, to people until they're in their 60s or 70s. And it's really uh, super grim, super grim. Yeah, and like the um I don't I don't really know how they do it in sports, but I I'm, I'm like learning a bit about this and uh my I've had friends and family ask me they're like, "Oh, do you do you want to go into physical therapy now that you you know so much about this?" I'm like, "No, it's just I think it's absorbed my life for so long. Of course I'm going to learn as much about getting better as I can." <laughs> um but um they there's what they um are sort of they have this protocol where they're asking you all these questions about how you feel. So these athletes have this sort of incentive to uh, lie to a certain extent 
Um, so they have like these scales of how do you feel, how's this symptom, how's this symptom. So they can be lying and um, to get back on the field so they can get paid and then like be hurting themselves even more. And <laughs> that's like really scary. And even for myself, when they're like taking me through this protocol of symptoms and stuff, it's like, well, like, I don't know. I thought I was a four this day, but it turns out what I thought was a four was only a two. And now it's a 10, you know, <laughs> it's really, um, and, and I'm sure the doctors all know this, that it's, it's really, it's such an imperfect science still. And that it, uh, it's, I don't know, for me, it, it's still hard. Like that it's, it's invisible, you know, it's hard to, yeah. to deal with that. Like people just have to take me on my word. And I've had, it doesn't help with the anxiety, you know? Yeah, I would imagine. Because <laughs> one, one day I, I look like normal, I sound like normal, and then all of a sudden I'm internally dealing with, like, I can barely function. I can barely get out of bed the next day. And that's that's been really stressful. Yeah. Yeah, but it, 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 it's, it is very it's, – it's good that your employer's understanding, although it's kind of a stunning condemnation that the uh, – the NPR concussion protocol is more understanding than the NFL concussion <laughs> protocol. That's a little, that's a little bad. <laughs> I don't, I don't technically work for, for NPR. Uh, I say that partially to maintain any anonymity and partially I, I always joke cause all my friends are always like, that's so cool. You work for NPR. I'm like, well, like there's a little, like a little, like not to cheapen, military service but it's like kind of like stolen valor to be like oh i work for npr like right. i'm just like at the local station that carries npr content yeah i, mean, <laughs> I know how public radio works enough that i assumed you didn't work directly yeah, for npr but man the npr yeah. <laughs> versus nfl concussion protocol joke it was sitting right there on the table i couldn't not do it uh, yeah i had to do it i'm sorry Oh, you're actually you're totally welcome to just just take that little softball. Yeah, <laughs> that was more an explanation for no, for the it. listeners out there. I've run it. <laughs> it is. It seems like that's actually what I found in the public radio world is that's actually kind of a that's there's a, it's a little bit of a touchy thing I have found. Not like people get real worked up, but you say to somebody you work for NPR and they go, "No, actually, I work for uh, I work for this affiliate in specific. I am not an employee." It's that that is just a blanket thing that gets thrown around a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's more like I just I admire the work that's done at the national level so much that like I don't I just don't want to equate that like me just doing you know just cutting daily content that's real simple is like the same as people who are going out and doing like really really great field work that right. takes a ton of time and effort is the same you know got it got it mm-hmm. you know what your story the <clears throat> so, sports stuff as soon as we started talking concussions the football stuff was going to come up you know what this just really underlines to me as well the NCAA is like uh i would say almost borderline evil huh that's almost an evil organization oh it, it, there's there's a lot to for me to unpack there i got like i grew up hating sports cuz i was in a small town where uh and uh oh I'll go ahead and say the, say the team. Uh, it was like, uh, if you don't love Ohio State football, you like you're you're evil. <laughs> like, yeah. And it was like you worship them, and uh, you know. And I'm sure there's a lot of places, and like Texas is a big football state. I'm sure there's a lot of places like that there. 
Michigan, and, uh, your enemies, Michigan. Yeah. And I just like, I just didn't care about football as a kid. Then I went to college and like, I had a buddy who was really into football and I learned the game and I was like, Oh, this is really fun. This is cool. And I got into college football and then, you know, I got older and got quote unquote, you know, more woke about it. <laughs> like, Oh, this is like such bull. These kids are like, they're not getting paid. There's all this money wrapped in it where, you know, where's that money going? And like, there's all this money going into sports, but not the schools. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. that's what you were saying is the problem with it, but yeah, the whole I can thing- barely watch it anymore. It's so disappointing. It is. It's like uh, these kids, you get these 19 year old kids and they go out on Saturdays and they participate in this thing that generates like billions of dollars in, in, in ticket sales and TV re- revenue and and uh, merchandise sales and they don't get paid a dime. And then and then uh, but then they say, well, you're getting a free college education, which the cost of a college education versus the uh, actual amount of TV revenue some of these like Big Ten and SEC schools make. It's a drop in the bucket. It's not It's not a fair wage compared to what the money they're bringing in. And then on top of it, it's like, how much of an education are they getting really when uh, w- when you're a 19-year-old kid running headfirst into a, you know, like a defensive lineman who's trying to rip your head off your shoulders and giving you six concussions over four years? Do you think you're really soaking in a lot of knowledge? Do you really think this is a do you think Socrates would be proud of this educational system here? Do we really do we want to be and then that's not even getting into the fact that a lot of the you know a, a lot of the people who are maybe put in this situation are disproportionately people from economic circumstances where they we couldn't necessarily pay for a college education or from uh communities that that you know you know minority communities like there's all sorts of social issues there too where it's like oh this is we're just lying that the education here is a is like a valid payment because this you're just asking people to just uh, crush their brains for our entertainment and they don't get a dollar mm-hmm. and then it's like oh yeah we you you took a you had to you had to practice from four a.m. till nine p.m. at night. But luckily, we have a bunch of courses set up for you that are easy A's, and you got half a dozen concussions. Congrats on your degree. It's like this is—it's a backwards thing. Just pay those kids. I actually don't mind football being at the college level, but pay those kids. Pay them. Mm-hmm. Give them money. They make oh. all the money. <laughs> you just took all those words out of my mouth. That's coming from a comedian. <laughs> and I, every theater that doesn't—my home theater doesn't pay performers pay the people who make the money it should be a policy if the yeah. people make the money they should get some of the money that's a good policy in life. yeah well and then you say it's like well oh we give the kids the scholarships but they, most of them aren't on scholarships on top of that <laughs> yeah like, uh yeah i came i came from actually before this job so it, it was a weird sort of jump i made in a weird world uh or a weird way i sort of got my professional footing because it's just not something that exists in the world. But, uh, so I was at, uh, we sort of built this like startup nonprofit, uh, that, uh, is like after school music program, uh, to give kids access to like recording and, uh, music education, uh, that couldn't, couldn't do it otherwise. 
uh, or, or just like kind of bring kids from all over the city, all different socioeconomic worlds and just bring them together with music and playing it. And, you know, yeah, so many of those kids who are, uh, you know, from broken homes and from like lower social economic class, they're like, well, yeah, I'm going to depend on my music and my football to get me into college or get me through life. <laughs> and, and, uh, even if they were going to school to do those things, they, it was like, those things are like, they're, they're only viable for so few people. And I'm never like going to try to wreck a kid's dream, but I'm always trying to tell them like, be open to other possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard, but like, yeah, things like the NCAA, they, they pitch that of, oh yeah. Like, even though you're coming to no name school to play for no scholarship, uh, you're, you're in college and you're, uh, that that's good. But yeah, they're not getting great education. They're out practicing every day and getting these concussions. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, I'd be really curious to know like what percentages of kids who are playing football in college are able to use those degrees afterwards. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's real. It's real evil stuff, but what do you get? Oh, H I O, right. O-H-I-O. Oh, oh man. That's, <laughs> that little thing is the bane, the bane of my childhood. <laughs> Actually, I, I saw uh, Bo Burnham in Columbus, uh, and somebody yelled that out during his show, the O-H thing. Uh, have you ever seen that, where people just yell that, and you're supposed to yell the I-O back? Yeah. How'd Bo and take that But yelled it. During his show, I don't know if you're familiar with his shows. They're very, you know, tightly choreographed, right? Yeah. He puts uh, a lot of thought, a lot of work into what he does. Yeah, and just in the middle of it, somebody yells that, and he's just like, what was that? <laughs> like, he, you know, he's a young guy. I don't think he even knew what it was. <laughs> and goes off on this rant of how it's like this sort of like fascist group fake thing. I was just like... Yes. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Look at that. You show up at the Bo Burnham show, and Bo, who I think is a very, very talented, very, very smart human being, you're here, you're like, yeah, we're going to hear some jokes. We're going to hear some stories. He's going to get thoughtful. It's going to be funny. Maybe we'll have a song or two. Little did I know <laughs> he will express all my preteen frustrations for me from the pulpit of the stage. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's great. So very fulfilling. You've been laid up five months. Wave, mm -hmm. wave, put you on your ass. Mother Nature smacked you down. What are the things? As you said, the past, you know, coming up on the past week, it's actually starting to see, feel like, okay, maybe progress is being made. What are the things? What are the things we take for granted that you've been missing the most? Oh, oh, that's a really good question. Uh, <laughs> well, for me. Um, I would, I would say the, the things that I'm like really dying to get back to are my sort of more creative times, uh, my like creative social time. Uh, you know, like I have, uh, just little silly podcast projects I do with friends and, uh, then I have, uh, my improv group cause what Chris real Chris Gethard fan wouldn't have their improv groups if they're in. Uh, oh, good <laughs> uh, like, so I've, 
<laughs> oh, good God. <laughs> no, Was that's very cool. <laughs> no, it's no. just, you know, no, no just... it's, it, it's, there's so my, my relationship with improv is like, uh, lifelong and layered. And, uh, but I do like laughing about it. I do like laughing about it. No, that's great. I think it's great. I think improv is a great thing and a no, good creative. Actually, that, that, like, this could actually helps me kind of sum up what your to answer your question is. Uh, I've actually learned kind of during this time, just sitting thinking a lot, to like just sort of accept the things that I've always that have always been a core of me, and just like embrace them. Because since I was probably twelve years old, I uh, uh, always was really into. I loved Whose Lines in Anyway. Uh, I don't know. Was there any other like improv shows that were on in like the mid nineties? Uh, oh, that was the but, big one. Like was obsessed. Big one. Yeah, I was really into like fantasy and like video game RPGs. But I was afraid to get into Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and there's been like this bit of a resurgence of it that it's like kind of getting hip now. Yeah, and. Yeah, so I'm, like, getting some friends together, and we're, like, talking about it, and I've been, like, that's it's really fun that, like, I don't really need to be on the computer for. I've been, like, planning, here. here's how we're going to play Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> so I'm just, like, embracing, like, these are these things that, like... Wait, why were you scared of it? These are what I've always wanted to do. You think it was going to turn mm-hmm. you into, like, a I Satan was, worshiper? I was, no, I was a nerdy kid who was already getting picked on, oh. and, like, you know, I was afraid, like, this is the step of, like... I'm already getting made fun of. Yeah. Like, if I go all the way from these video games into the pen and paper RPGs, <laughs> and I'm never, I'm never gonna get girls to talk to me. Yeah. These kids are never gonna stop making fun of me. So it was more <laughs> a social strategy. Like, it was a strategic move more than fear of the game yeah, itself. It's fear of the impact that, on your social guess, life. Yeah, there was maybe just this little piece of it, just that hung on all the way until now, and now I've just had this time to just sit and reckon with it, you know, and maybe just shed the last of it and just be like, you know what? Just let go and do you, man. Who cares? Yeah. So the, it seems like the short answer is like, you basically like, I just want to get back to being myself, just unapologetically, not overthinking it, just being myself. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, there was, cause I was sort of just, starting the improv thing. I was actually halfway through the level one class when I got the concussion and I was showing up every week just like, sorry guys, I got like migraines. I don't know what's wrong. I'm kind of losing my mind. And just (laughs) kind of hustling through. And, uh, I I have to sink my teeth in this. Cause I should be good. Cause first of all, I I just want to say a couple things. One, I just said, like, oh, my relationship with improv. I love improv. And I also had mentioned that UCB doesn't pay. That's a big thing. I do think, especially for stand-ups, I think they need to get in touch just before there's any controversy within the the, the comedy, the UCB sphere, as, as UCB people listen to this, and I'm an old veteran of that. I think with improv, it's a little different because improv costs a lot of money to do if you have to rent theaters and get permits and fire marshals. Stand-up, I, th- I, I just think UCB needs to... Learn a little bit about how stand-up works. This is the whole So, okay, for that. But, so you're in your level one improv class, and I've taught hundreds of level one improv classes. I love, I actually love teaching improv even more. I miss teaching more than I miss performing. I, I would love to go back to teaching improv someday. Mm-hmm. I thought about doing it soon, actually. It's probably surprising to a lot of people. Um, but 
having taught literally hundreds of improv classes, you were that guy everyone was a little worried about who halfway through you started to lose your mind. You were that guy. We all know now it's because physical reasons, but you're the guy showing up halfway through class that's like, oh, I can't really see right. Anyway, I'm losing my mind. Let's do some improv, guys. You were that. You were the crazy guy in your improv class, huh? I have dealt with so many crazy guys in improv classes over the years. So many. So many. I could write a book just about the crazy people I've met in improv classes, but I will not write that book because who would want to buy that book? You know what? You might want to buy some of the products and services you're about to hear about right now. We got advertisers. They help me bring you this show for free. Check them out. Use the promo codes. We'll be back with more phone call in just a second. Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. I sleep on a Casper myself, and I really and genuinely Love it. My wife says she has no interest in sleeping on anything besides a Casper ever again. There's three mattress models, the original Casper, the Wave, and the Essential. Casper mattresses are perfectly designed to soothe and cradle your natural geometry. Not to mention, breathable design helps you keep cool at night, regulates your body temperature. Very important. It's delivered right to your door, by the way, in a small, how do they do that size box? There's free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada, but best part you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. After all, you spend a third of your entire life sleeping. Let's make sure it's good. Like I said, I sleep on one. I love it. When that box came, my wife was so flabbergasted that a, a mattress could fit in a box that small. I was in Edinburgh, Scotland. She FaceTimed me and showed me the unboxing experience, and I flipped out. And then I get to go home. I get to sleep on that thing. Best sleep of my life. It's the best. You got to start sleeping ahead of the curve. Do it with Casper. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash beautiful using beautiful at checkout. That's casper.com slash beautiful. The offer code is beautiful. You get $50 off your mattress purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again to all of our advertisers bringing you this show. Now let's finish off this phone call. You were that, you were the crazy guy in your improv class, huh? Yeah. I didn't know that that was a stereotype, oh, but I was absolutely that guy. Because, Always a crazy because guy. it was it was like the one sort of like weekly safe space, you know, yeah. where, <laughs> where you show up and everybody sits in the round chairs, you know? yeah, yeah, uh, and it's just like kind of like oh, let's all just you know check in and relax before we just start playing, yeah. And I'm the guy that's like. Ah, this is the one place where I feel safe saying, like, I'm losing my mind, and I don't know why, because <laughs> I've never had mental health issues like this before. Because it works, I'm like, I'm just trying to hold it together, because I'm, I'm the new guy. Of and course. Like, That's funny. Yeah, I work, with mostly, I work with mostly older people, and I feel like mental health symptoms with older people that's still pretty stigmatized that I was just, like, kind of telling them, like, I'm just, I'm having headaches, like... You know, uh, yeah. and trying to keep it at that before I knew it was a physical thing that made sense. So I was just like letting it all out there, and they're like, "Okay, okay." I think that's like, great. Come on, keep playing the games. Lord, if anyone, I will say actually, one of my favorite things about the improv community is that historically it does accommodate people who are actively losing their minds, um, <laughs> real fringe people, and I benefited from that more than anybody during the time when I was at my most mentally unhinged. Was also at the time where I uh, found my footing in 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 the comedy world via improv. 
harder than any other. And I think it is because it's it's a it's an art form that is that is sort of strangely and beautifully accommodating to like oh you seem like you're really unraveling. That seems like it might lead to a lot of potential on stage. Yeah, well, I, I think it's and like internally, personally, it was even even though I had a physical reason. Uh, that it was happening that needed dealt with it. It was the one time that I was kind of having some symptom relief. So I, I think it is really healthy for people who are losing their mind. I think I always described it as like, I was like, I feel like this is the one time a week. I'm just kind of putting my brain in a jar and like letting it rest because I'm not thinking about everything that I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just kind of letting it happen. It is. Well, it's also, so, when it's at its best and it can get, you know, it can get very political and very competitive, but when it's at its best, it's a, it's a place where judgment is put, it's judgment is left at the door and any level of freakazoid can come in and at least try and you have to at least try to play ball. But yeah, that, I would say there's many improv stereotypes that I can fill the world in on if you'd like to hear some of them right now. I can be quick about it. <laughs> I, I would because I have my own that are like, uh, and, and I'm like, I'm loving it and I'm really looking forward to being back to it. But I was so like, I, cause I also like, I grew up as a both loving improv and loving stand up. And I feel like there's this stigma from the stand up world of it's like, Oh, improv. That's like those silly, like there's people who just like goof around and like, it's not real there comedy. Is, I do like, a lot more stand up. <laughs> I go back and forth. Cause I'm like, the stand ups do roll their eyes at the improvisers. Like you're saying it, but I think the improv people's fear of the stand ups doing that actually far outweighs the reality of how much stand ups are worried about improv. <laughs> like the yeah. chip on the shoulder so, of improv kids who assume stand up hates them. The level of worry they tap into far outweighs the level to which stand-ups give a shit about improv. Like, so there's the the improv people tend to perpetuate it on themselves a little bit more than the reality, in my opinion. Being that I <laughs> do both, I literally very told I literally told no one that I was doing the class. I think I told <laughs> like my sister and maybe one <laughs> other person. <laughs> I told no one until like it was the week before the showcase. Uh, at the end of the class, I announced it on Facebook. It was like, hey, guys, I've been secretly doing this. You guys could come. That'd be great. And then I think it was a few days later is when I got diagnosed with the concussion. <laughs> it was like, by the way, not doing that. Maybe next time. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, everybody on Facebook was like, oh, that's so cool. I wish you told me I want to do it with you. <laughs> yeah, people assume so, yeah, that, that there's more totally of a... in my head. Yes. I also have to say to another of the list of mistakes you made, playing a lot of music and uh, doing a lot of physical activity, going out in the heat. Also, if you have an active concussion that's not healing, doing a level one improv class could not be a worse choice. It's it's a lot of like rolling around on the ground and hooting and hollering and clapping and physically shaking each other and lifting each other up in the air all under hot lights. Yet another of the things you yep. did that seems like the worst possible choice to do with an active concussion. <laughs> yeah. Here's some of the people. Just really quick, so I'm not leaving this Chekhov's gun sitting on the table. You got your person. Yes, you, yes. Here's the people you meet in an improv class. You got your guy who's visibly losing his mind and, and is either going to um, – either going to go totally off the deep end in a scary way or it, this is going to be something that helps normalize it to a degree and, and uh, show community. You were that. Who else do you have in the improv class? You have the uh, – you have the uh, – oh, you have the person who – you have the guy 
who was really big into team sports growing up. You have your jock who played football, basketball, who secretly always wanted to be an artist and improv resembles team sports enough, but they tend to maybe go a little overboard <laughs> and be like, it's go time, let's do this. And everybody else is like, we're nerds, stop yelling. You have that person. You have, uh, let's see. Oh, you have the, uh, the, the female member of the class who is uh, quietly and clearly the most talented person but who all the dumb boys won't let talk. You have that You have that situation where if you have a good teacher, then halfway through the class, will be, the teacher will finally just go, stop yelling over her. She's more talented than all of you. Just pay attention and learn from her. And then she goes, thank you. you go, You're welcome. I'm sorry that these moronic boys who like improv couldn't uh, stop, stop shouting. They just needed to hear themselves so much. You have that. Who else do you have? Oh, you have the creep. You have the creep who's there using it as a dating pool. You got that. You got a lot of people in there. You got a lot of those people in there. You have, uh, oh, you have have the person who's done a lot of LSD. Uh, You got a who views this as just an extension of the trip. You got that. The person who (laughs) does a lot of MDMA and LSD and views this as a way to sort of commune with, uh, uh, with humanity. And those, those are very generally very nice people who can actually be quite good, but you have to at some point as a teacher pull them aside and gently say, hey, you can't, you can't any opportunity to talk can't be used for you to have four, 40 minutes on telling us about what it was like to uh, do uh, synthetic drugs at a rave in <laughs> 2004. You can't do that. You got, so those are just some of the people you meet in any given improv class. There's a lot more. Well, uh- I think we only had two of those. I think we had me, the crazy guy, and the first one you said. The team sports guy? Yeah. Yeah, the Don Finelli. And That's the Don Finelli. We had, uh, there was also a couple of, and I think also, I don't know if it's different, because you, you always did UCB in New York. Yeah. I don't know if a like, small Midwestern setting makes the difference, because we had a lot of sort of, People, you know, like myself, 30 to 50, who are like, I'm sort of drifting socially, just looking to like sort of find myself and branch out and uh, like get more comfortable in my skin. Just like uh, I need I need to find a way to branch out of my norms. Like we had a yes. this one woman was yes. like sweet as could be like single mom from out in the the suburbs, like. Uh, you know, I just kind of got away from uh, a life that uh, was kind of really restricting to me. And I'm looking to just find a way to kind of have some more uh, uh, agency, you know, yeah. some control. And that's what I think um, is the best thing about yeah, and we have the arts in general. A lot of people, yeah, that's a lot of I people like. like that, which is, and they're really cultivating a really nice scene with this, this this group good that uh i'm working with That's which good. is a big part of why i want to keep going back They're i'm great. all about that anything that people can do if they feel like i've gotten a little complacent a little bit tunnel visioned and i want to break out of it i'm all for that and that's what improv was for me and uh yeah 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 absolutely here i got a question to get it Pretty back good. to your concussion mm-hmm. are you I'm, I'm sure you get this a lot you sound like a stoner you you are aware that you sound like a stoner, right? Are you a stoner? People used to ask me that a lot uh, maybe five or six years ago when I drank a lot. 
Uh, but I'm not. I have. I could probably count on my fingers the number of times I've smoked weed in my life. That is shocking. <laughs> you do not. You do not speak like these. You don't have the stereotypical vocal affectations of a uh, born and raised Ohioan. You sound like someone because, I, it, from 1980s California. Interesting. Even yeah, the way you said it's, that. It's born and raised, man. Even the way you do have to understand that I accused you of sounding like an 80s Californian and your answer was interesting. Ohio born and raised, man. (laughs) That's how you answered that. I think there's this weird sort of pocket of (laughs) where I'm from that we have like a sort of cultural affectation to the way we talk. Yeah. That, uh, that is sort of like not the standard, like not totally straightforward, non-affected Midwestern. I, I can't even do it. I, yeah, I just have this weird drawl to how I talk, and it has nothing to do with drugs. But <laughs> like, yeah, I was a drinker maybe too long after college, but uh, barely. Yeah, I barely do anything anymore. This is just <laughs> a weird way I talk, and, and it's probably the nervous laugh too. Oh no, so I'm a big nervous laugher. So people from Ohio might be Self-lapper. people with a real familiarity of Ohio might be listening right now. Going, I have a feeling I know where this guy's from because that's the stoner sounding pocket of Ohio. Well, it's got to be like sort of from this city and running in these circles. <laughs> I drank some water wrong. Yeah. Okay. I, can tell. I think I'm all right. It doesn't sound like you are. Okay, Maybe, I'm good. You sure? Take a second. If you mm-hmm. Much better. Cool. Good. Great. Good. Great. Yeah. And then, I, I don't know. It probably comes around from running around in the, yeah, sort of stupid in the hipster punk rock worlds. That's cool. <clears throat> That's cool. So that, Which, by the way, yeah. as per your, your whole music, uh, I want to throw out that, uh, she probably doesn't remember, but Laura Stevenson and I have a pact to get married at some point that we made like 11 years ago. Really? That I just remembered from your hold music. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'm very good friends. I don't remember why. <laughs> you have a pact to get married to my friend Laura Stevenson, who, if you're listening to this show and you're not familiar, I actually feel like listeners of this show would love Laura Stevenson. I f- actually feel like across the board. I think I, they would too. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like there's a punk rock contingent of fans of the beautiful anonymous world, but I also think there's uh, there's people who are decidedly not punk rock, but where I have a feeling knowing our fan base that if you just listen to Laura Stevenson, I have a feeling a lot of our fans would go, oh, this is this is the punk rock for, for me. I, I feel like she really would connect. That being said... Also, I'm very, very good friends with Laura Stevenson's husband, so should just mention. And also, know they are both active <laughs> listeners to this podcast. So. so you should probably let him know too. Yeah, Mike, <laughs> my buddy Mike, um, you know, who's married to Laura, uh, good friend of mine. We touch base all the time. Listens to the podcast. Just want to say, Mike, this is me stepping up on your behalf, letting this dude from Ohio know. <laughs> back off, okay? Back off. This marriage pact. It, it bit the dust a couple years ago. I attended the wedding, my friend, so I can vouch for it. I attended the wedding. It's not well, a conspiracy is, theory. This is a good opportunity, maybe, for me to just let her know, like, it's okay. It's broken off. So you, in case she was worried about that. So you... Uh, 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 okay. Contract officially okay to let it go. So a concussion-stricken man in the middle of Ohio 
<laughs> who once made a uh, marriage pact with my friend, the punk rocker, Laura Stevenson. You're officially going on record saying marriage pact is over and you're okay with it. She married Mike, and that's cool by you. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Because apparently I, I forgot about it, too, until it was announced on the whole music. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm supposed to marry uh, her. It was at the... Oh. If if they have any memory of it, this is a little inside baseball just for a second. But she, uh, Bob, the music industry in the early days, uh, with your buddy Jeff Rose and Stock. Oh yeah, just got breakfast come with to Jeff town, two days ago. Yeah. Uh, they they stayed at my place the first few years they were doing it, and we it was the place that had the endless freezer of frozen burritos. The if endless, they remember, the endless freezer. <laughs> Frozen burritos. That sounds like a really magical place. Yeah. That's a place but I would like enough, to go. that's enough, yeah, inside baseball of DIY punk rock from the early 2000s. And so. for, for anybody, because I've, I've never truly lived the DIY life, but I'm, I'm certainly associated with it through my many ventures in New York and the circles I run with, let alone my wife, who has been a big part of it. I can t- say that if you lived in a house that was willing to let bands crash on your floor and you also promised a, fro- a freezer of endless frozen burritos... This meant you were, this was like a fantasy land that people probably planned tours around. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm trying to remember if, if we had the endless freezer more than one visit, but it was it was pretty epic. Yeah, because if that's a running thing, it's like people will say, we got to route ourselves through Ohio to go get those burritos. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's cool. <clears throat> another punk rocker from uh, Ohio our friend Tim who runs Culture Clash Records another music guy from Ohio who's been on this show oh not familiar with him yeah guy. there's a record store in Toledo a guy called up said should I buy this record store Chris Gethard I said yeah and then I later oh went, that guy yeah that's in Toledo I went to the record store and it was great great record store oh that's good to hear yeah Ohio I punk am, uh... rockers strong presence on Beautiful Anonymous yes that was very good to hear. I was really hoping to get through on the fest episode, but that was, I think, probably past my my brain injured bedtime. Yeah. So, what do you think? Are you is it, are you are you past the point of even saying maybe it's next week, maybe it's a month? Are you past the point of even trying to guess when you're going to be up and running? Um. Yeah, I've sort of kind of learned to accept that it's going to be forward backwards for a while. Like you know, like I said, I can I can walk fifteen twenty minutes and not get a headache. Next week I'll be at work for uh, about three hours a week. Oh, you are. You're committed. You're going um, back. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, by December I will probably be full-time at work, but I will still probably socially be not doing much, uh, you know, not. And then, like, my other activities will still – I'm, like, just sort of accepting. It might be months before I'm able to, like, travel – Play music, uh, work out. You know, I'm a big, uh, big on staying healthy, and so I like to swim and like bike and stuff. But I'm like, yeah, it might be several months. I might get a little chubbier. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and it's like accepting that is a huge, huge, huge part of it, which is like sort of my other big, I don't know, sort of buddha acceptance of this whole thing (laughs) spirit you had to tap into that zen now here's a big question here's a big question 
Are you ever going to swim in the ocean again? Are you ever going to swim in that ocean again? Uh, yeah. I mean, what? That's that's also part of it, you know. Is you have to just keep keep going. <laughs> yeah, why do you have to go back? Can't. I don't like the the ocean's very Can't salty. Win. It's full of creatures from the depths. It's hot. My wife loves the ocean. I'm, I was hoping maybe she'd listen to this episode and say, yeah, I'm going to... But first of all, even the fact that I'm bringing her up, we did not get to the beach at all this summer, and she's not going to be psyched that I'm anti-beach when I didn't even get to go. Uh-huh. But I was hoping my wife might listen to this, and, and, and uh, you might say, no, the beach, stick to pools, stick to places that are a little calmer. Because the beach, it's, it's full of creatures and, uh, and strange things, and I've, anything I can do to avoid it. But I all that. Well, I mean, there's definitely I should learn to be a little more weary of uh, what waves I'm capable of dealing with. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like living living in fear of of things is just no way to be. Really, tell me about but, this theory because I've never. I live in fear every minute of every day. <laughs> uh, and well, I I sort of. Like the the little bit of I've low grade anxiety I've always dealt with is that like I especially get a little afraid of like leaving my comfort zone of home. Like when I have to travel, especially like for gigs, I'm like I have to be around people for like a whole weekend or something. And I'm like always have this little fear of like I'm not gonna have fun, I might get sick, I might just not feel good. And I'm just like I know like I'm thinking this and as soon as I step into it it will be fun because I know this is supposed to be a fun thing. And as soon as I've crossed over, uh, then the fear goes away and I can't limit my life by being afraid of things that I know are supposed to be fun. That's how I've always managed. And uh, this one just might take a little longer, you know? (laughs) Now, my friend, that's a very beautiful thought. I'm going to tell you something. We're at the end of our time here, but I've made an executive decision that the last thing I want to do is end this particular phone call with a surprise, high-pitched ringing bell sound. I didn't think that would be a cool thing to do. What? <laughs> usually oh, the show, usually okay. the phone calls end with a bell yeah, yeah, coming yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> and then we were just counting down from 30 seconds and Jared and I looked at each other with a shared look of panic of... We can't just. Oh, it would have been fine. No, it wouldn't. We can't just out of nowhere just rip a high pitched bell into this guy's ear, have him back on, have him extend his disability for nine more months. Oh, I was getting better. I was finally yeah. able to get up and walk across my room, call the podcast, and they set off a jackhammer bell in my head, and now I can't go back to work for two more years. I can't be responsible for that. Yeah, yeah. So this is the end of our time together, my friend. But this was a very. Uh, I open and call, and uh, thanks for calling up. Like uh, slicing through the boredom of sitting around talking to me, filling me in. Had a good time joking around with you, and I hope you feel better real soon. Oh yeah, thanks so much for talking, man. This is this means so much to me. I appreciate it. Love- <laughs> good timing, Jerry. Caller, thank you so much for the information, for the good spirits, for the charm. Also, want to apologize on behalf of my friend Jared O'Connor who rudely cut you off midway through your closing sentence where you were expressing such a, a appreciation for my work and my podcast. I really want I always love when people tell me nice things and Jared couldn't handle it. He had to cut you off. 
Big word. But sincerely, thank you for calling. Sounds like you're on the other side of it, and I hope that's, that is the case and that you feel better very soon. Thank you to Jared. I'm giving Jared a tough time. Jared O'Connell is uh, hel- the, hel- the real captain of this ship. Harry Nelson in the booth today as well. Thank you, as always, Harry. Thank you, Harry, for uh, helping to feed me some of those improv stereotypes as well. Thanks to Shell Shack for the intro music. Thanks to John Delore, Greta Cohn, for helping to build the show. ChrisGeth.com if you want info on me and my touring dates. If you like the show, it really, really helps if you rate, review, subscribe, go to Apple Podcasts. Do that. It helps a lot. See you next time with more Beautiful Anonymous. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. Get matched with your perfect therapist who can put you on the path to a happier life. For a special offer just for our listeners, visit Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous, you'll, you'll hear this and more. Oh, and I may or may not have listened to episodes of Beautiful Anonymous while currently dissecting a human (laughs) Oh, no. Really? What episode? I don't know if that, like, makes you dislike me, (laughs) but... I am into it. I promise you. Do you remember what episode (laughs) of this show you listened to while dissecting a dead human body? Uh, Black Sheep. Bipolar Anglican. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Hi, I'm Lauren Lapkus. And I'm John Gabris. And we have a new podcast, Raised by TV, where we're revisiting all of our old favorite TV shows from the 80s and 90s. We're talking Full House, Saved by the Bell, Ren and Stimpy, The Real World, Singled Out, all the crap you could imagine. And we'll sing our favorite theme songs. Unfortunately And we'll for me. eat really unhealthy snacks and basically relive our childhoods. Check out Raised by TV right now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Or if this is my mom listening, give up. <laughs> You're never going to figure it out. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.